Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, it's already been a great morning and we're so blessed today. We had a great uh, marriage and relationships conference yesterday, second year in a row that we've done it and um, and we invited Pastors Donna and Dennis Pisani from Washington, D.C. to come down and uh, and be with us. And yesterday was amazing, but I'm so excited about today as well. Um, these guys are the real deal. They've been pastoring and just recently transitioned their church after over 30 years in Washington, D.C., one church, plowing the field up there and blessing people. And one of the things I love about Pastor Dennis is he's a real pastor. He loves people and he wants to bless people and he wants to disciple people and he wants to see people step into everything that God has for them. And so the beauty of all that is that we get the benefit of over 30 years, I think you said 45 years of ministry in the last service. And we get the benefit of that. We get the blessing of that to hear from a a pastor, a father, a grandfather, but someone who's been doing the work of the ministry for a long, long time. In a, in a place that's quite challenging as well, and you're going to hear a little bit about that as well. But can we stand this morning? Can we welcome uh, the Word of God and honour Pastor Dennis as he comes this morning to preach the Word? Turn to your neighbour. Just turn to your neighbour. And just stare into their eyes. Uncomfortable. Just give him high five. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember as, as Pastor was introducing me. <clears throat> uh, I, I remember the time that we used to have uh, seasoned speakers in, and, and I, I, I would say something like he did, but I'm sitting there thinking, dang, that's me. <laughs> now, I just, I just want to say we, we fell in love with your pastors, and of course, Donna's been here before, and um, uh, what a cool church that you have here. I'm not saying that because, because but this feels like Archer. This feels like home. And, um, and so I can tell that this culture here is, uh, is just totally amazing. And um, it's, it's easy to, to, to speak, to preach, because I feel like, and what we do, we've done this for a lot of years, 45 years. We passed at a church for 30, but we itinerated and traveled uh, in missions and across the country. Believe it or not, I I got I started when I was three years old. <clears throat> so three, forty-five, yeah, that's how old I am. Um, but uh, we we always come alongside of the pastors when we're when we have the responsibility and the the honor to be behind old school. We used to call them the sacred desks. Uh, and um, and I'm we come alongside of pastors, uh, and I become a pastor 
to all of you and, and my uh, inflections and my, not my inflections, but my intentions are to pastor you this morning, uh, not as an outsider, but someone who's not uh, pastoring any longer, but having the ability now outside of the church, and I, I go to church every Sunday, but outside of the church to see, to perceive, and to assess what's happening, not just in the church, but in the world, and how, how these things come together. And, uh, and that's what I want to do this morning. Um, I, I would like to say that you have two amazing pastors. I mean, um, I don't say that because I'm supposed to. I'm saying that because they're friends. And uh, you, can, <laughs> you can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your relatives. So I'm stuck with them. And they're stuck with us. But, you know, we've always perceived church as family, and I really feel that strongly here. You, you don't know, unless you've been to a lot of places, to see the treasure that you have here. And I, I just, as an outsider, wanted to say, y'all are blessed. Y'all are blessed. Um, has anybody ever been to the dog races before here? A couple. Um, just by the chuckles, um, I, I, I was in, uh, well, I was in the Navy. Uh, uh, back yonder, um, we, we did uh, uh, USS Samuel Gompers and USS Galveston and we, we did three trip a couple trips to Vietnam and and we did all that stuff I but during uh, when we were back at base in San Diego we went down to um, Tijuana and Tijuana what is it is it's not what it is today it was dirt roads back then back in 1902 <clears throat> <laughs> and so we went to the dog races the greyhound dog races and we bet the bet the dogs I wasn't saved obviously. And then we'd go to the high lie, and, and then we'd bet on the high lie, and, and you know, that was B.C., before Christ. And, but one thing that I noticed, and I studied up on it, the, contro uh, the controller was in the control booth, and, and, and the idea, if you haven't seen it, is that at the racetrack, there's a rabbit on the rail, and it goes around, and the dogs chase it. How simple is that? But the controller would make sure that that rabbit was a couple feet always in front of the dogs. As the dogs got faster, that rabbit would get faster. And what happened this one time that, that they took off, the dogs, the gates opened, the rabbit took off, and they're barking and running and running. They got around to the second turn, and all of a sudden, there was a spark, and then the rabbit caught on fire, and all of a sudden, poof. What was the result of that? A couple dogs ran into the grandstand and hurt their shoulder or leg. Some dogs just ran in a circle, chased their tail. Some stood there barking at the crowds. And some were just walking around. Some just laid down. And, and what had happened? 
all they've been trained for, all they've ever known, came to a conclusion. It was an explosion, and all of a sudden, there wasn't a rabbit anymore. It seems like they just lost their sense of purpose. There was a, a great boom, and then nothing. What's next? I'd, I'd like to say that um, up north, we had something that was called COVID. <laughs> it was a real deal. We, we didn't have church, live church, for over a year. We were stuck in the house and much different than down here. I want to bring you an assessment of um, maybe what you haven't experienced, but just to kind of give you a greater perspective uh, of what has happened and what's happening today to give you a greater understanding of where I'm going to go with this thing. Uh, some people call it the Great Reset. Now, it has affected the church hugely, hugely. Uh, us in particular, we had, we had our, some of our elders and, and some of our leaders move. Just, they just moved. Uh, people in uh, the workforce, they just left their jobs. I talked to a psychologist back then, and I said, what, is there a name for that? What's happening? I said, it's not just happening in, in the work field but it's happening in churches all over. They said, she says, yeah, we named it as mass trauma, PTSD. The ramifications are still happening in many areas across the country, and ours especially too. The, the effects of the rabbit blowing up, the effects in church of the way we used to do things doesn't happen anymore. We're in a reset. Now, I'm so glad to hear that you guys are, are you haven't really skipped a beat. You just, but that's not true for most of the country. It's not true. You, you guys have been shielded in a sense. I know so many pastors that have just, if they haven't left the ministry, they're seriously thinking about it. When you lose over half of your people, when you lose, your finances are down 30, 40%. When, when, when your leaders are leaving, when your people just stop coming to church, it's, it's like the dogs. They, they just, when, when the great explosion of COVID happened, people just lost a sense of purpose. They didn't know what was happening. Now, once again, you haven't experienced it like many, many of us. And, and so uh, it's traumatizing. Today, instead of mass trauma, they're saying that many have PTSD, spiritual PTSD. We suffered from it, Don and I. All, most of my friends, all of my friends uh, have, have suffered that. And it's, it's this great reset um, one of the things that I noticed now being outside of the church um, is that, uh, unfortunately, when big things happen like this that traumatizes, uh, sadly, one of the things that, that kind of happens is uh, 
our, our relationship with God takes a huge hit when trauma comes. Um, but so today, uh, I, I want to kind of piggyback, if I can, uh, on yesterday's Together, uh, a relationship conference. Today, uh, yesterday we talked about you know, relationships with singles and marrieds, and you know we talked about all that. Today, I want to talk about a relationship. Today, actually, I want to talk about guarding over our relationship with God. And so I, I, just, I just want to take a little time to kind of weave a little uh, thought in through this. Um, one of the things as, as, as I get a little older, just a little bit older, <clears throat> one thing that I realize is that um, in time, you just, you just gain a little bit of wisdom and you gain, you know, a little bit of experience and whatever. And I notice as, as we counsel or coach pastors and leaders and whatever, um, it's never about church growth, never. Too many guys are going through things now. The question I get asked the most is, Pastor, <clears throat> you had a fruitful church in Washington, D.C. You survived. Um, you got a beautiful wife who's in ministry right alongside of you for over 30 years. Um, your kids, they all love God, um, and they're serving in some capacity, uh, you know, serving God. Um, you still have the right, your right mind. You're still sane. And your wife still thinks you're hot. <laughs> and so they say, Pastor, what's the greatest key? What's the one thing that you can say has kept you through thick and thin, high and low, trauma, PTSD, Victory, great victories. What's the one thing? And it's, it's, it's very easy for me to say that. It's my relationship with God. That's the key. I, I'm, I'm old school when it comes to that. There's some, there's some prerequisites, I believe, that will never get old, that will, that will never, ever, ever change no matter how society changes, no matter how much culture, the, the, the earth culture, the world culture infiltrates the church, or of all the new things that are happening, it's our relationship with God that's going to carry us through. And so, yeah. So today, um, you know, one thing when you get a little older, and it, it's tough being 55, um, is that I don't care like I did care, you know, about some things. <laughs> I don't care what people think. To a degree, I can give a flip what people say about me on Instagram and TikTok and this and that, because uh, that doesn't lead my life. If anybody's going to set the tone, it's going to be with me and my relationship with God, not what people think about me. And so what I want to do is today I'm going to invade your space. I would like to invade your space individually. Can I do that? Well, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. I got the mic. 
I've always been, I'm a one, number one on the uh, anagram, if anybody knows what that is. I'm, I'm pretty where the rubber meets the road. I'm pretty strong in honor, integrity, justice. Uh, my wife says I'm a perfectionist, but in that, my criticalness would mean I see where you're at, but I want to take you to a better place. And so that's kind of been my, um, it, it, it rolls over into ministry as well. And I don't know you from Adam, but you're my family and you're my brothers and my sisters. And, and, and I just want to share a little bit of what I've learned through the years, not in anybody's book or Instagram, but I've learned this through thick and thin, mountains and valleys. I just want to... I want to share this with you because it might help you not have to go through some things that we've gone through. So what I want to do, and this is for everybody here. This isn't just for your neighbor. I want to talk about four levels of relationship with God. I want us to do a little assessment. So here's your assignment while I'm talking. I want you to assess where you're at right now. Now, uh, uh, you're driving in a car. You're eating a McDonald's something and the pickle falls out and falls on your lap. Where's your attention going to be? You got three choices. The pickle, present, your rear view mirror, your small rear view mirror on where you've been, or the windshield, it's like where you're going. Vision, vision, purpose, future, destiny. So today, I want you to look at the pickle on your lap, present, while looking out the windshield. Can we do that? Okay, four relationships. I'm going to get in your stuff. Number one, academic relationship with God. This is the intellectual, you've studied, read the Bible 87 times. You've got a, you've got a pedigree in theology and Maybe not that much, but it's more of an intellectual. You really don't know God, but you know about God. It's number one. Number two is a casual relationship. Scripture says a lukewarm relationship with God. I like up and down, in and out, on the fringes. Um, kind of a casual, kind of like Christian light. I was talking with Kelly. We were talking about making pizza. And making the dough. I just started to make the dough. And she says, now make sure that the water is lukewarm. Not hot or not cold, but lukewarm to help the yeast work in with the flour. That's the only thing lukewarmness is good for, is to make pizza dough. So every time you eat pizza, I want you to look at the dough and say, some people could have a relationship like that, that made this dough kind of lukewarm. And then the third relationship is this, growing. They're, they're hungry for God. Uh, the casual relationship, um, it's in Italian, it's called menzamens. It means not here, here, so, so. Third is growing relationship. And then there's an intimate relationship with God. Now, for guys... Guys and girls interpret that 
word differently in generalities. It means closeness. For guys, it might go a little deeper than that. Let me think about intimacy. We look at our wife to... Somebody said, guys don't understand fully the depth of intimacy. So I just, it's just being close. It's the closeness. It's, it's the familiar. It's the affectionate personal relationship. It's not out of a sense of duty, but it's, a, it's, it's out of a sense of love. Real love, real, the real deal. And, you know, going back to the mezzamens, the the casual uh, and, and lukewarm. And I would say now, as I've taken a um, spiritual temperature of what's happening in the world, especially with COVID, I'm seeing more of a casual relationship in the body of Christ, a lukewarmness than I have ever, ever seen. It's because we got so used to things. We know how to have church. We know how to say amen at the right time. We just know church. And we've not guarded over our relationship. And this is some of the byproduct of it, but that's going to change. I believe it. It's starting to change right now in Asbury College. Revival's breaking out. Nobody's orchestrating it. Nobody's doing anything. It's young people worshiping God, and he's coming. It, it moved over to Lee College, and there's a couple other colleges that's starting to happen, and, and no church is coming in and orchestrating it. This is a drop of God. It's starting to happen. It's indicative of what's happening to counter the lukewarmness. It's coming to counter the attacks that are coming on the body of Christ in our world, in, in politics, and it's social media, uh, all the junk that's out there. The hope of the world is when the church gets revived and on fire again. Now, what I want to say about that is this. We're not talking about the building. We're talking about you. You're the church. And Isaiah 60 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord uh, rises upon you. Darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the people. I can say in 45 years, we used to talk about the end times. That's how I got saved. I got the hell scared out of me. Literal, literal, because the person that got me saved knew the end times and scared me. And I finally yielded unto God. It was amazing. But the dark times, this isn't a bad story. This is a good story. Darkness covers the earth, thick darkness over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you and the nations will come to your light, the kings of the brightness. When you go to a play, you go to a movie theater, it's dark. But what happens when the band or the worship team or the movie starts? All the lights are focused. Where is the lights focused now? Here. There's this sense 
of focus that makes the difference in the earth. When it gets darker and darker, who are they going to look towards for light? They're not going to go to the government. They're not going to go to psychologists. They're not going to go here. They're not going to go there. They're the, they want light. And you and I are not hidden under the basket any longer. And it's up to you and I individually. So let's, let's get into this a little bit more. Our relationship with God, like three and four, growing in, and being intimate with God, um, it needs to be maintained it needs to be nurtured. It's the same as, as your marriage or your relationship. You just, it's not a one-time deal. You got to keep it going. So how? How do, you, how do you guard over your relationship with God? I, I've got several thoughts on this. Number one is you manage, um, you manage your schedule. Your schedule is not Lord. And you need to be purposeful to begin to move your schedule around. Purpose. Purpose to get alone with God. Purpose to, to get in his presence. Purpose to make him number one, your, your number one priority. Listen, when, when, when uh, you're not guarding over your relationship, here's the first thing that happens. Sensitivity to the prompting of the Holy Spirit gets less and less. You, 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 you're obeying your schedule and you got things to do and places to go versus the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Second thing that happens is you have an inverse relationship with God. Instead of being led by the Spirit, we just go and we want God to follow him. You know, that happens when our perspectives get backward. And, and the reality check today to do a heart EKG, this is where we're at. And, and some of the effects of not guarding over our relationship with God is, and I've seen it, I've seen it so much, people get less engaged, they feel disengaged, worn out in their emotions, feelings of hopelessness. It's like just going through the motions. Desire for spiritual things seem to diminish. Is your... Is your Relationship, is it strong when your assessment, or is it anemic? Needing a transfusion, spiritual transfusion. See, we need to understand where we're at. We need to understand we got a pickle on our lap, but we're still going forward. We deal with the pickle, but we're still going forward. Write this down. Our relationship with God is the one single most important thing in our lives, and we need to fiercely protect and guard over it as if our life depended on it. You know what? Our life does depend on it. It, 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 it depends on it, making him our number one priority. Let me, let me just cut through the chase. I love this. Our top priority, Paul says, is I determined to serve you and know you more. You know what God's top priority is? His relationship with you and me. In Psalms 139, I'm just going to read a small portion of it. I, I pray this every day, um, a part of it. Oh, Lord, you've examined my heart 
know everything about me. You know when I sit down, stand up. You know my thoughts. You know everything I do. You know what I'm, I'm going to say before I say it. You go before me. And this is what I pray every morning. How precious are your thoughts about me, God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still there. God's got so many thoughts for us, we can't even number them as sand. Now, if you were to do this, if you were to fill your hand with sand, there's about 5 million grains of sand there. That's only here. He's talking about the sands on earth. That's how many thoughts God has for you that you can't number. So when you're thinking God's forgot about you, when you're thinking that, what the heck, what's going on? I can't hear, I can't feel God. No, no, he's thinking thoughts about you. More than, than you can count. He's not forgotten about you. It has more to do with his timing, but he's thinking thoughts. And I think, I think, I think the cool thing about it, about all of this is It's incomprehensible to think how much he thinks about me. Do you know he thinks about you all the time? All the time. All the time. It's amazing. I, I don't understand how that all happens. He can't stop. He's so in love with us, he can't stop thinking about us. Now, do we reciprocate? <laughs> he furiously longs to share his love with us. Furiously longs. I want to show you a slide here. And we've all seen it. That's Adam and creation. The thing I want you to see, and you probably haven't noticed this, but it was, uh, it was actually Michelangelo's intention when he did this. Look at God. He's straining. He's reaching. And look at the... God bless them. They always have angels or little babies wearing diapers. In this case, no diapers, no nothing, you know. I mean, angels are massive, flaming sword. Anyway, I can really get on that. But look at the, the straining. God's reaching, reaching. Here's what I want you to see. Look at man's response. And I'm starting to see that more and more, not in this church, but the church down the street. Man's, I'm just used to it now. And assessment of where we're at, the pickle on our lap. The message Michelangelo is bringing is God's restless desire to reach out and to be with the person he created. What's our response in return? Notice that he left a little bit of space right here. Just a little bit. What's that for? It's for our response to him reaching and stretching. He waits with great anticipation for Adam to make his move. For you and I to make our, our move. 
just like he is right now with you and I. Nothing else that he created, let this sink in. Nothing else that he's created brings him pleasure like you and me. Nothing. I mean, just that alone is just, for the very first time I was worshiping, we are talking about the champion. And I found myself saying, you know, he was high and lifted up. I, I found myself saying, I can talk to God like this because that's how he talks to me. I said, take a bow, God. Just take a bow. And I heard, I heard the words, now you take a knee. And I did. And I, I don't, I generally don't do things like that, especially when I'm coming to speak and everybody's looking at the speaker. But I just, I just took a knee. There's so much honor and so much respect and so much love when you take a knee to God. And I'm wondering, where are we? What's your assessment? Where are you? Is it anemic? Your relationship, does it need a transfusion? Wherever you're at, with all the garbage that's going on in the world, let our relationship with him be the most dominant thing in our life. I want us to pray now. If you could stand, and I'm not going to have you read it with me. I'm going to have you agree with me in prayer. Can we do that? So if you close your eyes, put your hand over your heart. And in all seriousness, I know that the Holy Spirit is moving and working, and you're double-checking on your relationship with God, wherever you're at. I want us to to kind of pray this and mean it. Lord, awaken my heart to your love. Help me, Father, to love you more than I ever have before. I'm no longer satisfied with just a casual relationship with you, but one of closeness and intimacy. Give me an increased hunger to spend more time in prayer worship with you and in your word. I declare today that you are my first priority. Your will be done and not mine. Your kingdom come and my kingdom go. Thank you for loving me in spite of all my shortcomings and my failures. Your incredible grace is sufficient for me. Whatever you want of me, I one of me, leaning into you and trusting in you in the midst of my life. Father, to you, I abandon myself in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.